Yeah, I, I think it helps, honestly. Um, and I didn't believe that early on. I didn't think I'd ever be able to raise capital again or that anybody would ever invest with me again. Hello, and thank you for joining us today on the Gentle Art of Crushing It show where we focus on learning and sharing with our listeners all there is to know about how to create success in our lives. This show stands on the shoulders of giants. Our mission is to empower and inspire our listeners to create the life of their dreams whilst having a blast in the process. Let's celebrate life together. Welcome to the show. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to another episode of the Gentle Art of Crushing It podcast. And today I'm so honored and excited to welcome Mike Morawski uh, on the show. Mike, welcome. Hey, Nathan. Good to be here. Uh, I know that we've had uh, some challenges getting together, but we're finally here. So We're here. We're here. And, and Mike, um, I'm so excited to be able to talk to you today and share your story with the audience. The highlights, I think, maybe to just get us started... Uh, for those who don't know who Mike Morosky is, 30-year real estate investment you know, veteran. You've controlled over $285 million in real estate transactions. You're an author of uh, a book called The Exit Plan, which we can see in your background here, I think. right? For those who are uh, not on YouTube, you can go check it out. You're the founder and CEO of My Core Intentions. We'll want to hear about all of that. You're the host of your own podcast called Insider Secrets. You're a coach. What else? What else, what else, Mike? Tell us about your 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 background, your story, what you do in real estate or otherwise, and where you found success. Yeah. Um, so, like you said, Nathan, I've been in real estate 30 years. Um, started out as a residential agent. Uh, prior to that, I was in the construction business and had uh, had a uh, fairly good sized construction company, uh, relatively successful. What does fairly good size, sorry to interrupt, just for our audience to kind of understand what fairly good size construction company means? Yeah, I probably built uh, 30 room additions a year. Um, uh, you know, so we, we did a lot of business. Um, I had, uh, you know, I always tell people, I say um, I had 22 employees, 18 trucks and all kinds of heavy equipment. And um, as a true entrepreneur, I was, you know, taking care of all of the sales, all of the day-to-day -day operations, all the hiring, all the firing, all the bookkeeping. And I was still in the field banging nails. And I, I, you know, I remember waking up one morning, sitting up in bed and looked over at my wife and I said, I, I'm burnt out. I can't do this anymore. I'm done. And so uh, I was very fortunate. I had somebody knocking at my door to buy the company. Uh, so we sold and uh, took a year off and uh, you know any entrepreneur knows you never really take time off right so I, I uh, we house hacked a couple of houses during that time and Nathan this is long before it was sexy so uh, you know today everybody does it but back then you know it was not a thing that people did and uh, we house hacked a couple houses and you know, I'd heard Jim Rohn say one time that success leaves clues, and that always stuck with me. And I met this real estate agent along the way uh, while we were house hacking, who was extremely successful at what he did. And, uh, I, you know, was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do and went to him, said, hey, I think I want to be in the real estate business. And he said, I think you'd be great at it. 
and I, uh, you know, asked him to coach me or mentor me. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm going to make you a cassette tape. And he made me this cassette tape. And now I'm really dating myself because I think we could find anything to make a cassette tape on today. But I, I'd say this because these podcasts are just like that. You can go back and listen to him over and over again. And that's exactly what I did. I listened to him over and over again, build into me some fundamentals, went into real estate business. In nine months, I sold 78 houses, was Remax Rookie of the Year that year, went on to build uh, a team selling about 125 listings a year, did that for about 12 years. And in 2005, I saw the market starting to shift and, and start to soften. And I knew, that, yeah, you know, I've always had that intuition that something's coming. Um, maybe not really sure what it's going to be or what's going to happen, but know there's going to be a change, know there's going to be a shift. Um, you know, I remember one time I was with a guy, we were driving to, uh, to his boat up in the uh, chain of lakes, not far from where I live. And uh, we drove past this corner and I said, man, we should build a, a white hen here. And white hen years ago used to be these convenience stores, almost like a 7-Eleven type thing, but an upper scale. He goes, oh, you're crazy. That wouldn't go good there at all. And, um, about two weeks later, we were driving up to the boat again. And, uh, and there's a big sign in the corner that said white hen coming soon. You know, so I don't know. I've always had kind of an intuition. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, uh, saw the market shifting, knew I was going to have to do something else. I had seven people on my team, didn't want to have to let anybody go, but I knew that we weren't going to keep that production up. So I always wanted to be in the apartment business. I, When I was in the construction business, I did a lot of work for a couple large syndicators here in Chicago. Um, I understood the model. And here, here's what I understood, that you raised private equity from individuals, you married it with a great real estate deal, you stayed in the middle, and as long as everything went well, everybody did well. Uh, and so in 2005, I syndicated my first apartment deal. I bought an 11-unit apartment building. I went out and raised uh, about $200,000 to do that deal, bought it, it was a complete disaster, uh, but I learned so much along the way. Yeah, you know, I, I, I didn't have a, I always teach people today to have a buying strategy. You should really build a buying strategy and know what you're buying and know what the plan is. Um, but I, I listened to the seller. The seller said, oh, you can buy this and put a new boiler in and fix the front staircase. and." You can put new tenants in and restripe the parking lot and you'll be able to raise rent. And I bought it all, hook, line, and sinker. And when we took over that property, we found out that the police were there 27 times a month and that no matter what you did, you weren't raising rent. And we'd rehab units and, and you know the new tenants would move in and trash them and wouldn't pay rent. And it was a disaster. Um, yeah. Hey, in February, it's almost perfect, right? <laughs> so, um, so you know, over the next 30 months, though, I raised $18 million and went out and bought $60 million worth of real estate. 
in five U.S. markets, I owned 4,000 apartments, scaled a property management company vertically that managed 7,500 units, and uh, did that in 30 months. So that first learning experience just propelled me to learn more, grow more, seek the knowledge that I needed, get the coaching I needed, and build my business from there. Wow. And, and what do you think made you successful in that you know, part of your journey there, I guess? Is it just you know, tenacity and consistency? I'm yeah. Curious, cause it know, sounds like you, you learned a lot. You made a lot of mistakes. I'm just curious what, what got you, you know, to, to that level of success. Tenacity is a great word. Um, I, I remember I was in the real estate business about three years and I walk in a client's house one day and he says to me, he goes, man, Murawski, you're the most tenacious person I know. And back then I didn't know what it meant. So I said, oh, thank you. Hoping he meant something good. Something Went good, home, yeah. got the dictionary, looked it up and I said, oh, that is me. I don't give up. I, I continue to push through. When, no matter how hard times get, I, I continue to walk through it. I walk through storms and I just, you know, it's a desire to accomplish the deal. Wow. Nice. Very nice. So yeah, it sounds like you've already, you know, achieved quite a bit of success at that point. I'm curious if, if after you've kind of reached that level of success, right? Have you ever had like, um, you know, maybe the flip flip side, right? Have you ever had periods of, you know, tremendously difficult experiences that you might want to share with the audience, right? If you've reached all the success, sounds like your life's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. So, you know, I built a hundred million dollar company. Congratulations. And, um, That's you know, impressive. You think it's pretty successful, right? You think you, uh, you know, you, you have to check your ego and you have to check your pride and, and the other things around it. But 2008 rolled around and the market went to hell in a handbasket. And it, what was interesting was I, I thought that we were in a recession, that that recession would only last 17 or 18 months, be a 10 or 12% correction, we'll bounce back. But this yep. thing lasted seven or eight years with a 40% correction. The storm became very hard to, to mitigate. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I had a dozen deals that I should have let go to foreclosure and let a handful of investors get hurt but I didn't want anybody to get hurt. So I decided to um, uh, start moving money between profitable companies to non-profitable companies to try so and you, save. So at that point you had several companies, like for each like syndication deal that you have, is that is that what the setup yes. was? Got it, exactly. okay, just making exactly. sure uh, we can yeah. all follow here. Yep, um, so I started moving money back and forth and I'd gone to my accountant and my attorney and they both said, hey, it's okay to do that, just leave a paper trail. And Got when it. the markets bounce back, you'll put the money back and you know it'll be fine. Well, that's fine, except that in real estate, we're held to a much higher standard. You know, when we take money from people or we are licensed, uh, we're held more accountable. And I didn't tell my investors about the movement of money. Okay. And as a result of that, um, we imploded in 2010. I wound up going to uh, getting sentenced on wire fraud and mail fraud charges and sentenced wow. to 10 years in federal prison. No as way. Non-disclosure. Yeah. Wow. So did you end up in prison or was that just a sentence and somehow you got out of it? Yeah, no, I, uh, I tried to get, uh, I, I, you know, hoped it would go away, but it didn't. I did end up in prison. 
Um, and I always tell people, I say, hey, you know, I never flew private. I didn't have a fancy car. I didn't buy a boat. I didn't have a big house. I was the neighborhood baseball coach. I was home most nights for dinner. Uh, and I got ripped from that to live in a 12 by 12 room with three men I didn't know, nor did I like. Wondering what the hell happened wow. in my life. Wow. Yeah. So and it, did you, I'm just out of curiosity, it did, so did you spend the 10 years in prison or uh, were you able to, you know, early parole or something like that? Yeah, just, just under eight years. So wow. you, in the federal prison system, you do about 85% and then uh, uh, got a little time off for extra halfway house and COVID happened. And so um, it, uh, you know, it was a little under eight years. And then I, I came wow. home and I, I spent about 10 months on home confinement. So Wow, that's incredible. And I am i don't even know where to go from this because that's such yeah. a, a unique, uh, I guess, experience and situation that I, I can't imagine a lot of people go through, right? But I guess, yeah. how, did you, how did you bounce back from that? And where are you at today? Uh, do you still do real estate? Uh, yeah. So what do you do? Where are you at? I'm just curious how one bounces back from something like that. Yeah, so um, while I was gone, you know, I, I, I lost everything. I, I felt like, you know, uh, I walked around the first few weeks in prison like my life was over. Um, I was I probably in, yeah, I was in prison about three weeks and my wife decided to divorce me. And oh. when that happened, that really, just, that crushed me. It just wrecked my world. That's the dagger. And, uh, you know, I, for the next several weeks, I walked around. Uh, the joke in prison was take his shoelaces because we think he's going to hurt himself. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't know how it would get through today, much less 10 years. But, you know, I, I always feel that we have these defining moments in our life. And something shows up in your life where it, it can make a difference if you choose to act on it. So one day I walk into to the gym and... and I tell people, I say, look, I was just window shopping. I wasn't looking for anything. I wasn't looking to pick up a weight or workout. Yeah. Um, I had gone from running marathons to being 35 pounds overweight. I absolutely hated myself. And I walk into the gym and this guy walks over to me and he says, hey, don't let these people beat you. All they want to do is take from you everything you've ever known. They can take your business, your apartments, your money. They can destroy your family but they can't take us who you are and what you're made of. He goes, you can get I that all back. You can get this 10 years back. Come to my class, start working out, start losing weight, you'll start to feel better. And Nathan, I don't know what it was, but man, a, a switch flipped and I just, I, 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 I said, okay. And I started going to his class, I started working out, I started to feel better. I wound up going to college. I got a bachelor's degree in theology um, I wrote two books in prison, uh, Exit Plan, which uh, we, you talked about it yep. at the beginning of the show. Um, but I, I, I wrote that book because I want people to understand how to maximize your profit in real estate. When, this, when to it. get it, right? Yep. And so I wrote the book Exit Plan. I wrote a book on property management. And um, <clears throat> I wrote an ethics course. And for six years in prison, I taught real estate investing, property management, wow. and ethics. Um, I was on an outreach program. I went into the community and I told my story to small business owners and, and local college students. 
I met a professor during that time uh, from the University of Minnesota, and he and I co-authored a paper together that we had published in the Business Journal of Ethics. Uh, today, that paper gets taught at the collegiate level for forensic accounting and sales and marketing classes. Um, I, I came home the week they closed the world down for the pandemic uh, in 2020. So I jumped from one prison into another. And um, I, I was hesitant to, to crack that joke because after your background, <laughs> when everybody during COVID talked about, you know, having to stay home, you know, feeling like a prison, I don't know that that's as uh, relevant uh, in this particular situation or story. It is a little different. It is a little yeah, different. I would imagine. I would um, imagine. And, uh, you know, so I came home and I went into the coaching and training business. And my goal uh, is to teach multifamily investors how to buy multifamily, how to scale their business, how to keep their head in the game. Uh, so I coach and train people and wind up uh, partnering with uh, some of my coaching clients and, and we do, uh, we sponsor deals. So I'm back uh, syndicating and raising capital again. Uh, I got approved by the SEC to go back and be able to do that. Wow. So it's kind of come full cycle. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask if you had any like impediments or any, um, you know, uh, I guess limitations given, you know, the fact that you ended up, you know, being convicted for wire fraud and in prison, right? If there was anything that prevented you from continuing, but it sounds like no. So I'm very, very happy for you and super excited to hear that you've been able to yeah. pick that back up. And how is that going now? Uh, it's going good. We actually bought our first deal uh, last year and are chasing another one today. And wow. so congratulations. Yeah. I'm curious to understand, given like this crazy story, I still am somewhat speechless here to hear kind of your, your background and story here. But I'm curious how in your mind, um, how what success means for you, you know, what it meant for you, what was success like in your mind and when it looked like, you know, your first you know, go at real estate, then maybe in prison, I guess, to after, how has that changed over time? Um, so, you know, try and clarify the question a little bit, you know, what was success back then to what it is today? Yeah, if it's changed yeah. for you, right? I, I would imagine it must have, right? But maybe yeah. not, maybe I'm wrong. I'm just curious how it's changed and if it changed. Yeah, it's changed a lot. My whole, uh, my, my vision, my focus of success today is so much different. You know, back then, and I'll, I'll just tell this quick story. I remember flying into Nashville one morning, getting off an airplane, and it occurred to me, I said, you know, I wanted to know how much money per door we made after all the bills were paid. Yeah. Um, so I called my partner and he said, uh, hold on, let me figure it out called me back a little while later and said, yeah, we make about uh, $19 a door after the smoke clears. <clears throat> I yeah. said, that's an interesting number. Calculated it, said, we need 10,000 doors in order to make a million bucks a piece. Um, and uh, that was success. I wanted to- 10,000 doors was success, 20, wow. 10,000 yeah. doors. I wanted a company that employed, you know, a, a couple hundred people um, it, you know, I thought that that was success, that that would be achievement and success. Yeah. Um, my ego got out of control. I wasn't a humble person. Uh, I was a dick actually, yeah. um, wow. to be honest with you. 
and and today my my focus and and my um, uh, you know definition of success is so much different. You know, to me, it, it, success today is just um, being able to do what I want to do, right? Yeah. I want to be, I love real estate. I love multifamily. I love syndicating deals. I love building relationships with people, yeah. um, raising capital. And and to be able to do that, I feel like I'm a success today because I'm able to go back and do that. Um, I I love the art of the deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Trump, Trump wrote a book years ago called The Art of the Deal. I, yeah. I read it and it always, yeah. it just always stuck with me. But I love negotiating. I love putting deals together. There's a sense of accomplishment in that, and mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with the monetary side of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, yeah, we all need money to live and and grow and take a vacation and and do the things. And of course, you know, yeah. I like great, nice things just as much as the next guy does. But that's not the key focus today. The key that's Got not it. the key focus. That's a benefit of the key focus. Got it. And I'm just curious, this is somewhat of a, a random question, but I'm thinking about this kind of, you know, replaying your, your story in my head here. Do you feel like the fact that you ended up in prison, right, as a convict, convicted individual, right, in your business today, do you feel like that helps you or hinders you when when talking to people, when people find out about it, when they're like, yeah. oh, no, I'm never going to, you know, lend money to this, you know, felon, right? right. Or is it more like, yeah, this person's proven... They did it once. They lived through that. They came out. Now they're doing it again. So yes, I want to give them, you know, my money in a sense, right? I'm curious. Yeah, I, I think it helps, honestly. Um, and I didn't believe that early on. I didn't think I'd ever be able to raise capital again, or that anybody would ever invest with me again. Uh, I was on a podcast one day, and there was probably. Uh, I was telling my story. There was probably 150 people on this um, meetup. Uh, one afternoon at lunch and somebody and I don't even know who it was somebody uh, said hey are you raising money again and I said no they said well let me know when you are because I wouldn't want to invest with anybody other than you because you've already made the mistakes you know what to watch out yeah and you know we are going into a market right now that um, you know we're just coming off of this big bull run coming over the top, going into the valley. There's a lot of operators, there's a lot of people that have bought deals way high mm-hmm. on the way up. Uh, yeah. There's gonna be a storm and people are not people are gonna not know how to handle that storm. I know how to handle that storm today. Right. Right. And I know what I, I, I know what I did wrong. You know, I always tell people I say I made five mistakes. I grew way too fast. I bought way too okay. much real estate in a very short period of time. I was very unstable as a company. I was undercapitalized. I didn't have enough capital to grow the company at the rate I was growing the company. Mm-hmm. And I was over leveraged. I owned $60 million worth of real estate at 85% loan to value. I don't know who was worse, me for taking the money or the banks oh, for giving it to me. That's a you good know, point. Yeah. It, it's a disaster. It's a recipe for disaster. But you, you weren't alone, remember. right? That was kind of common standard practice back then, right? It's not it like was. you were doing something different right. than everyone else, right. right? Right. Absolutely. And, you know, 
Um, and, and then I didn't pay attention to the details, you know, like I knew there was things going on that weren't right. And, but I thought if I went and did another deal, raised some more money, closed another deal, yeah. brought some more revenue in that that would help and straighten things out. And, yeah. um, it just, it didn't, it, it, what it did was it made the problem stretch out longer. Yeah. And then the fifth thing, which I almost think is one of the most important things is I didn't listen to key people around me. People who said things like, I don't like what I see going on. Uh, I don't trust people around you. I think people around you are up to things that you're not aware of. And, mm -hmm. and I was like, you know what? I think you're wrong. I've got this under control. Don't worry about it. You know, here again, pride, ego in the way saying, um, you know, that, that I had it all put together and I didn't. So, um, but those five things are, yeah. are you know, really what make me look at, at deals harder today, make me mm -hmm. underwrite differently today and, and make me have a better, a different strategy. Wow. And, and maybe this is the answer to my next question here, but I'm, you know, and, and hindsight of course is always very easy, right? But if you were to go back in time to when you were younger, say 18 or whatever, and wanted to start your journey over, you know, given what you know now, what, what would you do differently? I guess, what, what would you, how would you approach life and like the journey to success? I, I would have gotten to real estate earlier. Um, I love it. Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> and I would have done more deals when I was younger. Interesting. Yeah. 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 So that, that doesn't have anything to do with the scaling too fast piece, but I, I would have done starting more. sooner and yeah. doing more. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But I would have got started a lot sooner. And I would have gotten, I would have gotten a coach way back then too, yep. where, you know, I've been coached for over 20 years. I still have a coach in my couple coaches in my life today, mm -hmm. but a good coach helps you self-discover what you already know and just I helps you pull it to the top. They don't tell you what to do yep. and they I keep your mind, more. your head in the game. Yep. And, and you know, that a good coach would keep, keeps my head in the game. And that's what I do with the people that I coach as well. Yeah. Wow. One of the things that we like to do, Mike, in this, um, you know, podcast is to really try to help people move, you know, from maybe a place of, you know, being negative, glass half empty, you know, not really having that success mindset. Um, and, you know, help them kind of get to a place where they're more, you know, in like a success mindset mode. And I'm just really curious and excited to hear what your tip or what you know what you would say to somebody you know obviously given your your story and what you've been through right to help somebody go from kind of that glass half empty mindset to a glass half full mindset you know abundance you can do this anything's achievable what's your what's your secret i guess yeah you know it's i i don't think it's a short answer um, the first thing I'll say is you can't let your past define your future. Mm -hmm. You can't let your past define who you are. Uh, I think that so many people are in a prison in their mind because maybe, uh, you know, I might have been behind a wall, but so many people are imprisoned in their own mind because of addiction, could be alcohol, drugs, gambling, sex, yeah. uh, past abuse, sexual, physical, emotional um, and, and they're trapped in that and they don't let themselves out. They don't let themselves move forward. 
and you can't let that past define your future. You know, we all have this uh, little friend that sits on our shoulder that when we get up in the morning that says, what are you, crazy? You can't do that. You can't accomplish that. Mm -hmm. And what you have to do is be able to quiet that, that, you know, my coach calls it a drunk monkey, right? You have to be I able know to, that drunk monkey. <laughs> yeah. You have to be able to quiet the drunk monkey and believe in yourself and believe that you can go and achieve. Because if you believe in you, people are going to believe in you and you're going to be able to help other people get to where they want to go based on what you do. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. That's so inspiring. Uh, Mike, thank you very much for that. Um, and, you know, trying to bring this to to an end, because I want to be, you know, mindful and respectful of your time. And again, thank you so much for kind of sharing your story with us and, and the audience here, Mike. But um, I'm curious if you if you had one book that you'd want mm -hmm. to recommend to uh, anyone, our audience in this case, right? What what book would that be? Obviously yours, um, yeah. you know, but <laughs> um, what else? Or if that's the one, that's the one. Yeah. So, um, you know, I asked the same question on my podcast, right? Um, and it's more than one book and it's a couple of books. But um, first of all, it's the Bible. Uh, but I read a book years ago written by Gary Keller called The Millionaire Real Estate Investor. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the greatest real estate investment books ever written. Uh, I, I teach that book to people. I teach the fundamental principles out of that book to people because they're timeless and they're principles that, you know, wealth was grown 100 years ago and can still be grown today as a result of the principles in that book. But most recently, I just finished a book called Winning by Tim Grover. And I've Tim Grover was here. Yeah, he's, he was the personal coach for Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Charles yep. Barkley, anybody who's in the NBA Hall of Fame. He was their personal coach in the last you know thirty years, um, and it's called Winning, and it mm -hmm. it kicked my butt. It's a in great what book. sense? Say more. Yeah, it just uh, it's very uh, it, it makes you think about your strategy and what you do and how you behave on a daily basis, and it makes you. Uh, dig deeper and and really want to do more it was wow. well written yeah, yeah I'm gonna have to pick that one up because I don't I've not read that one and and for for everyone else right in the audience of course we'll make sure all the like links to these recommendations and books um, are in the show notes so uh, everyone can pick them up and and similar to the book recommendation is there like a, a piece of technology or a tool that um, you use as part of your journey and your success that you'd recommend people pick up? Um, well, I, you know, one of the things that uh, I, I use that we've built in-house is our underwriting tool. Oh, And wow. our underwriting tool for multifamily is, um, is pretty robust. We've spent 20 years in development on yeah, this thing. You yeah. know, it's changing all the time. And it, uh, it, it allows us to really look in depth at a deal. Um, and, you know, that tool is available to anybody. Oh, wow. Um, but um, it, it, that's what I use that I lean on heavily today. 
you know, of course I have a great CRM and we do a lot of yeah. social media and and all those tools and and my cell phone, you know, the most oh, powerful yeah. thing on the planet these days, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, my underwriting yeah. tool is probably a, is one of the most powerful pieces of uh, uh, software that I use today. And, and where can people pick that up? Again, we'll put it in the show notes, but why don't we yeah. just plug it now? Where can they pick that up? Yeah, reach out to me and ask me for it. It's uh, Mike at MyCoreIntentions.com is my email address. I love to network with people and meet people. And if I can help you on your journey, you know, I would do that. But reach out to me and I can uh, share that with you and, and walk through how I could teach you how to use it. So. Wonderful. Well, everybody in syndication, go pick up, go reach out to Mike and, and pick up that deal analyzer. Um, awesome, Mike. Well, just bringing this to, to wrap here to an end, how can our audience help you? What, um, what do you want to plug? How can people reach out? So you obviously just gave out your, your email address. Um, you've got a lot going on from your coaching business to you know your book, your podcast. How can the audience help and where do you want them to, to reach out? Yeah, I appreciate that. So uh, you know, you can find me anywhere on social media, uh, any platform. Uh, go to my YouTube channel. There is a ton of content on my YouTube channel. I've done over 300 podcasts, and so different speakers, different levels of, of skill in the multifamily space, in the real estate space. Go and spend hours just listening to people, but subscribe to my channel while you're there if you would. Uh, that's uh, uh, YouTube and then you know just like me on uh, social media that's all and um, and what about your podcast you want to plug that real quick yeah I do uh, I do a couple different shows I'm live on Thursday mornings on a on LinkedIn Facebook and YouTube called uh, Thursday morning live uh, I tend to have an entrepreneur on not necessarily always in the real estate business yep. but we just talk about business and markets and and personal growth and things like that. And then on Saturday, I do a show called Multifamily Unplugged, uh, which is always uh, about multifamily. And, you know, uh, really for more the newer uh, investor coming in the business, uh, whether they're active or passive. And then uh, I also have a show called Insider Secrets. So you can find all of that at my website, uh, which is mycoreintentions.com. And while you're there, you could grab a free copy of Exit Plan for yourself. Go to mycoreintentions.com forward slash free, and you'll be able to download an ebook version of that and a couple other ebooks that I have there as well. Uh, so please go, uh, you know, Further your education. If I can help beyond any of that free stuff, don't worry about it. Just uh, call me and let me uh, do what I can do for you. Wonderful. Well, Mike, thank you so much for that. We'll make sure we put all of that um, in the show notes so we can uh, have people come over and start engaging with you with my core intention, your YouTube channel, your podcast, everything. You've got a lot going on. Um, I really want to thank you so much. It was an honor and a pleasure to have you for the last, you know, half hour or so. I had the chills and goosebumps, you know, throughout the, the discussion here, just listening to your story. I don't know how you went through it, but um, it's very impressive. And thank you so much for, for sharing uh, that with, with everyone here, with our audience. So thank you so much, Mike. Thanks, Nathan. I appreciate the opportunity and uh, you have a great day. Yeah, you too. Thank you, Mike. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of The Gentle Art of Crushing It. 
It was an amazing episode. We know we sure learned a lot, and we hope you did as well. We want to take a second and thank you so much for viewing or listening to this episode. And please just know that we only ask for one favor, and that is to make this life magnificent. Thank you, and have a wonderful day.